0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Klassen. And today I wanted to chat about two spring practices that I personally love to incorporate into my routine, dry brushing and neti pots. So if these are new terms to you, we're going to kind of go into how to do these practices and um, why you might want to. So the spring season, again, is associated with that kapha dosha. And so the kapha tends to be the dosha that gets stuck and stagnant in the body. And so this is why dry brushing is recommended versus um, abanyanga in the spring is just because the abanyanga is oily and it can get heavy and it can accumulate katha. Whereas the dry brushing, it's a little bit more um, intense. I don't wanna say intense, but I guess if you look at it in that regards, you're moving stuff. Now, both are working with the lymph system, but dry brushing again, helps kind of slough off some of that extra heaviness of the katha, you're not using the oils. Now, if you're a Vata though, you might enjoy abhyanga during the Kapha season if you have a Vata imbalance going on as well. So again, this is caveat, knowing yourself, um, and hopefully understanding what your body needs. So let's dive into neti pot first though. So the neti pot, um, oh, I want to say the, have you, anyone else heard these commercials with the, oh, I don't know what it was called, but it was like Navaj, that's what it's called. And they like, you squirt stuff up your nose, I mean, that's basically a rip off of the neti pot, only it's probably, you know, more comfortable. I don't know. I've never used Navaj. I use a neti pot, but it's kind of the same premise. We're kind of moving stuff out of the nose and clearing the nasal passageway. So it helps get rid of allergies and helps keep the mucous membranes clear of toxins. So personally, I did this when I was in um, my 200 hour yoga teacher training. I remember coming and I was like, oh my gosh, I had such bad allergies in the spring. And I did a neti pot after, I think I just bought one from the yoga center because they had recommended it and I came back and the next week I was completely fine. You know, I had done the neti pot every day and it cleared up the allergens that were stuck in my nasal passageway. So I personally am a big fan of these um, and use them anytime that maybe I get, if I go back to the farm and I get into ragweed that I didn't know was there, that can really, it can really cause some damage to myself. I have learned and so neti pot will usually help clear that up a little bit faster so this can be incorporated into your morning routine after you brush your teeth you can do it daily or maybe just three or four times a week if it feels like it's drying out your nasal passageway Contradic- contraindications if you have nasal polyps or are prone to excessive nosebleeds and why the nosebleeds because it means your nose is probably pretty dry and the nasal polyps is not going to smoothly run through So um, that's just something to kind of have in the back of your head. What you're going to need, a neti pot, distilled water, and non-ionized salt. Now, neti pots, ideally, you're not doing a plastic one. If you can, a ceramic um, is going to be your best bet. And distilled water versus your tap water, just because distilled water, you're not going to have anything uh, funky coming out, meaning who knows what the tap water has in it, whereas your distilled it's been um, cleaned a little bit better. Cause if we're putting it in our nose and that again, it's that's how we get sick as stuff gets stuck in our nasal passageway. So that's why we want to make sure we're clearing it and we're clearing it with good water. Now the non-iodized salt, the preparation for this, you're going to, it's going to de- be dependent on yourself. It's a trial and error. You're going to mix that non-iodized salt for myself I think it's about half of a fourth of a teaspoon is what I use. Like I have a very, I know the right amount. I've played with it. If it's not the right amount. So maybe you start with that fourth of a teaspoon. And you add it into your neti pot. You mix it up until it's fully dissolved. And you do it. It goes through the nostrils and your nostrils are burning and they're on fire. You might have too much or too little. So that's the key is you kind of got to play with that mixture until you find the right um, amount for yourself. That's why I said mine is about half of a fourth of a teaspoon, but not quite. I know exactly where it is because I use the same teaspoon every time. So I know I know I won't feel that burning sensation because nobody likes that. Nobody likes that burning sensation. Um, and that's just something to kind of help play with in the nostrils. Um, so play with that as you will. Now, how to actually do it? You're gonna stand in front of your sink, you're gonna tilt your head to one side. So that the ear is facing down towards the sink. And then you can see the drain out of the corner of your eye. You want to angle your forehead slightly downwards and sideways. So I've had um, some clients who I've had to kind of um, readjust their head, head tilt positions. Because I've had a few clients um, who I used to see in person. And they were like, "Ah, oh, I don't know what's wrong with my neti pot. And it's not going in right. So I actually just had her demonstrate, how are you doing it? And we found out she just wasn't doing her head tilt strong enough, it was too upright. So you have to make sure that you have that head tilt and you're looking down. Otherwise, if you're slightly looking up, that that water is gonna come back at you. It's gonna come down into your sinuses. So you're gonna insert a spout of the neti pot gently into the upper nostril. So the one that's away from the sink. You're gonna create that seal between the neti pot and your nostril. And then you're gonna slightly raise the neti pot slowly And then you're going to um, start to get that flow of water. It should be transitioning from that nose, that nostril that you're putting it in, out through the lower nostril. During this process, it's important to breathing in and out through the mouth. If you're holding your breath, you're going to back up your flow. It's not going to flow. you got to make sure you're breathing. And then you're going to reverse the head and do the same process on the other nostril. Upon completion, or when you're done with it, you're going to exhale gently several times through both nostrils so i usually kind of like a farmer's blow um, but both nostrils just blowing out any excess water that's stuck in there and then you just want to clean your neti pot simply washing it out with warm water and some dish soap rinsing it thoroughly and that's it so neti pot and nausea which i have not talked about i don't think either but nausea you don't want to do right after this so sometimes people will pair neti with nausea that's a no-go that's too much to the nostrils um, my teacher Indu had told us not a good idea. So it's going to be an every other day situation. If you want to do neti, if you want to do nausea, do them on, um, consecutive days. You don't want to do them, um, back to back on the same day. All right. So that is a little bit about that. I think the main thing for people, it's a weird sensation, especially if you have never felt, um, the, the flow of water out through the nose. It doesn't bother me, I guess, as much. I'm not sure why. Maybe, I mean, I was a lifeguard for many years. I was a swimmer. Maybe if you did a lot of swimming, you're used to the kind of blowing out the, the water through the nose. That's kind of what I see it as. Um, so that can be a little sensation that it might take a little bit getting used to. So the other practice are dry brushing or Garshana. So Garshana is the a Sanskrit name for dry brushing. But in Ayurveda, the lymphatic system is the water of life and is often referred to as rasa. So when the rasa is not flowing freely, the mucous membranes become dry, losing the ability to resist disease. Dry brushing is part of an Ayurvedic routine, and it's typically done before you shower to remove those dead skin cells. So that's kind of how you want to incorporate this into your day. So other benefits though of dry brushing, calms the nervous system, reduces stress, stimulates the lymphatic system, improves immune function by s- helping circulate white blood cells, rejuvenates cells, prevents premature aging, and supports natural detoxification. Those are just a few. There's a lot of benefits. So what you're going to need, you're going to need a dry brush for this. <laughs> so you can you know, go on Amazon, you can find some. Some have a long handle, some have a short handle where you just put your hand in a piece of fabric. It really depends on what you prefer for your dry brush handle. Um, There's no right or wrong there. I've had both. Um, Some actually come with a handle that you can insert. That's kind of my favorite. That way, if I do want to use just the the handheld one, but then if I can't reach my back, I can stick in the handle and do my back. So the best time to dry brush is going to be right before you shower to help open up the pores. So you can always stroke in the direction. You always want to stroke in the direction towards your heart using pressure that's firm as you can handle because everyone's skin is going to be um, a little bit different in their sensitivities. So you start with your legs first. So starting down with the feet, bottoms of the feet, and then you work up to the ankles up the calves, the thighs, all the way up towards the hips and you're stroking upwards towards the heart. And then you pay a cl- pay closer attention to the inner thighs to help your lymphatic system. So if stuff is feeling a little stuck there, again, that's maybe a little bit more gentle of a stroke um, on the inner thighs. Next, you're going to go to your arms. And then you're going to, again, start at the hands or down by the wrist, move up towards the heart, paying close attention to the armpits. So again, the armpits, we have that added benefit of dry brushing to stimulate the lymph system because we have a ton of lymph that can get really stuck and stagnant around the armpit area. Um, That's the same with, I did a breast massage um, podcast a few years ago. And that's the same reason that we want to make sure we massage the breasts towards those armpits. And there are um, in the massage that I have linked up. If you want to just head to the, my blog, andreaclausencom forward slash blog, just type in breast massage. You'll get exactly how to do it. And you'll get ones that go with the armpits. Really, really important to do. And then finally, using circular strokes on your joints, such as your elbows, your knees, your wrists, hips, and shoulders. So circular around joints, just like in abanyaga. And then finally, you might work on your abdominal area and then working in a clockwise direction. And that's to help with digestion. So if we think about digestion, um, we're going in that clockwise direction direction. So that one, you know, you might get a little bit more sensitive, your, your skin might turn a little, um, different color. And this is also going to help stimulate your colon and helping you have those morning bowel movements. And then finally, you're going to work towards your chest and your neck. So again, this is a delicate area, really light skin using, um, care around those areas. All right. And that's it. And then you would hop in the shower and you can do an Abinyanga practice if you wanted. After that, if you wanted to just lotion up, oil up, I mean, lotion, I don't really use a ton of lotion anymore. I mostly do use my own lavender oil. Um, But if you do have lotion practice, maybe look into switching to oil practice instead, Um, just because it's usually a little bit, a little bit healthier, um, made in a more less chemically way than the lotions are. So that is what I have for you today. I hope you enjoy these practices. I know these are ones that I personally enjoy in the spring season. If you want more information, I have um, linked up the Seasonal Living Collective, the spring edition. It's a self-paced course. So if you want to dive deeper into some spring Ayurvedic practices um, and you want some body care recipes, maybe you want to make your own lavender oil. You want to make some of these Um, steams and other things that I have shared before that's all over in the spring seasonal living collective. And you can join that self-paced program um, this round. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.